Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. My, oh my, is it not a beautiful day to be a brainiac welcome aboard everybody today is thursday july 14th and as always i am your host slapdog welcome to leather brains you are joined here by myself and not yeti yeti is actually he's made a foolish decision that many would say and he is getting married um so not not today don't be confused but he is he's doing the little food test and things so um yeti will not be here today and uh scotty you are here you're on time are you ready to rumble my friend I am ready to rumble, and I'd like to take this opportunity to give our good friend, Yeti, some advice when it comes to marriage, because I've been married for uh, almost eight months now, Yeah, and uh, that you know makes me an expert on the topic, I think, Golf and uh, you know, I've managed to survive this long without my wife packing up and leaving me, and um, Yeti, while I am sad you are not here, I do want you to take a few extra minutes and make sure that that food is scrumptious and delicious, because... Uh, both Hunter and I will be at the wedding, and I would like to enjoy a good meal. Um, so that's pretty much the only reason why I care. I, I don't care. I, you know what? I got in an argument. I was actually I was at a wedding this last weekend, which is what, what brought me to Omaha. Um, and I had an argument with this with a lot of people at this wedding, right? I did not remember what I ate la- that the night of the wedding until somebody told me, and then it all came back to me in a, a rush. And I'm like, oh, it was dry. It wasn't that good. But I didn't remember. I didn't go to the wedding for the food. I went to the wedding so I could get really fucked up for free. And of course, like, in it, look, it was my girlfriend's friends. They were all wonderful people. I enjoyed hanging out with them. But I didn't know them until then. I didn't know if I was going to have a good time. But what I did know was that there was free alcohol. And that is what fueled me to have a good time. And I had a great time, great people. But when it comes to the food, I don't, I don't care about the food. Here's my thoughts towards wedding food. If you are going to have a wedding, weddings are expensive. Weddings are, you would know, Scotty. We, we've had many conversations about how completely asininely expensive weddings are. D- plates for dinner, or I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to average price, say $15 a plate, roughly. Do you know what you can get for $15 at Domino's? A whole fucking pizza. And most people can't eat a whole pizza. Get pizzas for your wedding. Get it catered in. Sometimes you might have to spend a little bit of a fee because you're not going with the preferred caterer of the venue. I get that. How much money are you going to save? Everybody loves pizza. Okay, 90% of people love pizza. And if you don't, you need to get checked out. Get pizza for the wedding. It's cheaper. People don't come there for the food. They come there for you and the alcohol. That's my hot take when it comes to wedding food. Yeah, so I mean you're you're right 99% of the way cuz I also don't remember most of the food that I've ever eaten at any wedding and at my wedding I was not excited about the food but the particular venue that we needed in order to hold the ridiculous number of people that we felt was necessary to invite to this event um required us to use their caterer and it was fine it wasn't anything bad I, I, but it see, that's it that's my point great. is I don't even remember what I had at your wedding I have no idea But here here's the thing I do remember the food at weddings that had great food. 
Um, and one of those things, and honestly, it's not always about the quality, but it's about the presentation. So pizza is a great example. At my cousin's wedding in South Dakota, just a few years ago, uh, we had a regular meal where you kind of walk through a line and get your chicken and whatever, and it was fine. And then 10 o'clock rolled around and a Domino's pizza guy walked into the venue Hero. with like 40 pizzas. Hero. And that was incredible because it was like 11 o'clock at night. We were all hammered drunk and that pizza was amazing. So it's all about the presentation. I think that you don't have to go spending exorbitant amount, um, amounts of money. But the good thing is that uh, sometimes when you get married, you have parents who really want to contribute in some way. And sometimes they say, let me get the food. And you say, okay, let's get steak for everyone. Which I, that that would be cool. But – I will say, I do remember the drunk snacks more than I do the actual food. I remember the drunk snacks. It was little mini cheeseburgers at this last wedding. At one wedding I went to, it was corn dogs. But instead of in the inside it being a hot dog, it was uh, brisket. They, and they had a, a cheese fountain. So I spent a lot of time over there in that area when I was all uh, hammered up. So I do remember the snacks actually more than I do the food. Because... It's all about presentation. It's all about being unique, not about... Not about the dollar you spend. I, I agree. But if you're looking to cheap, like I want to do pizza at my wedding. That's what I want because it's cheap. I love pizza. Everyone loves pizza. So, All right, that's enough pizza talk. Today we are going to be going over, of course, our, our unsolicited news that has happened thus far. Today we're going to be going over, after the news, I, I just want to take a look at some of the rookies that are coming into um, this year in a redraft format. So... For those of you who play Dynasty, you're probably very well equipped to who these rookies are, where they've gone, and you more than likely have already had your rookie draft, but redraft leagues are coming up. It's something that is going to be, be every, every day that much more prevalent in everyone's lives, and there's rookies out there that I think we just need to have a little bit of a conversation about, so we're going to do that today, and then, of course, we are going to do our Brainiac questions, so let's, uh, let's get out of business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. All right, first headline out the gate is this. According to John Makota of The Athletic, Cowboys rookie wide receiver Jalen Tolbert is, quote, expected to start week one. Now, we're going to be talking a lot about rookies in this uh, in this episode. What do you think about this particular piece of information? He did not make it on my rookies to necessarily watch list, but um, you, I, you expect him to start, right? Michael Gallup is not going to be back. Uh, off of injury and Michael Gallup I think when he comes back is going to eat very well but that team is going to need as much help as they can get and I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised by this news I mean they of course they have CeeDee Lamb um, and they went and drafted this guy so I expect that I mean it's Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb are, are the two wide receivers there and then there's James Washington so I'm expecting him to have a role. I'm not expecting him to have an insane role, but uh, I am expecting him to start week one and be be usable for that that uh, organization because they need to help a wide receiver right now. All right, next thing up here. The Patriots have reportedly traded wide receiver Nikhil Harry to the Bears for a conditional seventh-round pick in 2024. Wow, we're scraping the bottom, bottom of the barrel here when it comes to exciting and relevant news. I actually, I think this is somewhat relevant. I, truthfully, I do. I um, just last episode we were. I, I was talking incredible amounts of shit on uh, on the Bears organization as a whole, and I had said that I felt incredibly bad for Justin Fields because I felt like he was going to be a scapegoat because they did nothing to help him this offseason with the departure of Allen Robinson. Do not get what I'm saying wrong. I do not think Nikhil Harry is the 
same talent level that Allen Robinson is. However, they needed help there desperately badly, and those words do not mesh together well, but they, they needed it really bad. Their wide receiver one is Darnell Mooney. Love Darnell Mooney. think he's great. think he's, he's going to have a decent year. But the only thing that they really did this offseason was go and get Byron Pringle, who you know what Byron Pringle was. I mean, he played with the Chiefs. Wasn't anything spectacular. And then they got Velas Jones uh, in the draft, who may or may not be, be a decent play, but they needed help at the wide receiver level because Byron Pringle, I think, is going to be out for the first six weeks due to um, some legal issues. So I like this move. Nikhil Harry wasn't that re- really utilized for, for the Patriots to begin with. I don't think he is a smash play by any stretch of the means, but I think he's definitely someone to keep on the radar because the Bears desperately need help at the wide receiver level. Next headline here is Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, the one who I uh, happen to uh, to draft quite a bit in all of our mock drafts, I've learned. Yes. Um, just the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. But Lamar Jackson has packed on about 15 pounds this offseason and looks noticeably bigger in the upper body. He says, quote, I just wanted to do it and see how it looks and see how it feels. And I feel good. That's something that uh, professional athletes can do because they have all the money and all the time in the world to just change their body however they want. So uh, interesting. You think it's going to slow him down? You think it's going to benefit him? You think it's going to keep him from getting injured? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I This one to me, I Lamar Jackson was never a small human being to begin with. He was always a pretty sizable dude. So um, 15 pounds, presumably 15 pounds of muscle in the upper body area. Hopefully he can throw a little bit better. That's kind of the first thing that I thought of when I read this is hopefully his his upper body strength has enabled him to get the ball uh, down the field a little bit better using his arm because that has been my qualm with Lamar Jackson for years now. And he there was significant improvement last year um, before he got injured. I This was a, a, a make it break it year for me with Lamar Jackson and I, I needed to see it. I needed it. Okay, you're getting a little bit older. Not to say he's old, but he's been in the league long enough now where you need to start proving that you can throw the damn ball because you're not going to be able to run as effectively forever. So that's kind of where my mind goes. I I hope that it helps him not get injured because we do not root for injuries here, but um, not a particular piece of news that gets my pecker uh, feeling all good. And that is some analysis. That was a good quote. I will be clipping that and posting that on on Twitter anytime Aaron Davis says anything. (laughs) Um, Okay, so next thing uh, up here, uh, along similar lines, Gabriel Davis has also begun to bulk up. He stands at 6'2 and now weighs a hefty 227 pounds. There are a couple other wide receivers in the league that are similarly built, but uh, there's no doubt about it. Gabriel Davis is a unit, and a lot of people believe he's a good sleeper option in this upcoming year. Uh, especially given how well he performed last year. Um, You think size is going to impact him? And what do you think generally about Gabriel Davis? Uh, Gabriel Davis, uh, we're going to talk, I think, think next week, I think it's slated, we're going to talk about some my guys. Gabriel Davis is a my guy to me, solely because of where his ADP is currently at. Uh, I like Gabriel Davis a lot. That's a big boy. 6'2", 227, I mean, that is a big wide receiver. And he did really well at the end of last year. Granted, there was some injuries that maybe kind of perpetuated that that success, but um, I like it. I like Gabriel Davis. I we know what Josh Allen is, and that's exciting. And um, there was a there was actually a video. I think the NFL put it on Instagram of him doing squats, and it was really freaking. There was just plate after plate after plate. It was scary. So um, Gabriel Davis is a unit. I'm excited for him this upcoming year. 
And um, he may or may not be a my guy. We'll see. Mm. All right. It is that time of year, that time of the year again, for us to get our hopes up about David Njoku. Um, (laughs) He is reportedly set for a larger role in the Browns offense. And to that, I have to say, I'll believe it when I fucking see it. Yeah, uh, I think you told me that this last year um, when you drafted him. And I was like, why'd you get Njoku? And I think you you said those exact same words to me last year as well. You know, they're saying the Browns are saying that he's set for a bigger role, this, this and this. And I'm like, OK, and, and you you know what that is because you owned him. So what do you think, Scotty? Well, I, he's finished in the top 10 one time in his career outside of uh, 2018. He has been outside of the top 24 tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, which is tough because he makes, I think he's like the third highest paid tight end in the league or something ridiculous. Um, I don't know what, I, it's it's a Browns move. It's just what they do. They give people a lot of money to not play or to barely play. You could add David Njoku to the list of Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield, people who barely play or don't play for the Browns. Um, and it's not that he doesn't play necessarily. It's just that he does not command the targets that one would expect given how much they've invested in this player. So here's to hoping the, the, the positive aspect of this, because you know me, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. The positive aspect of this is because he has been very mediocre over the last couple of years, he's falling in draft boards. Um, he is a tight end that even may not go drafted at all in your league, depending on how many players you have. Um, and I think he is a potential sleeper option. If the, it's actually true that they're going to use him the way that they pay him, he could be a great option for you. He's someone that when I'm when I've been mock drafting and I find myself, oh shit, I got two rounds left and I don't have a tight end. David Njoku has reliably reliably been an option for me, and I don't think he's a bad tight end. He's someone that you can kind of you can stream tight ends and have him on your bench for just in case he explodes. Um, so I'm not overly excited about him as I have been in years past, but there's always that potential. If he for finishes him. top ten this year, Scotty, I'm going to get you a David Njoku jersey. So. And then I expect you to I wear would it. probably wear I it. I know. I expect you to wear it. Well, how many times? Can I wear it once? No. You're going to be wearing it a couple <laughs> times. I, yeah. Okay. I'll wear, I'll wear it for the podcast quite a bit okay. for sure. And maybe maybe if the Browns end up doing better. Maybe when Deshaun Watson comes mm. back and the Browns are a feasible football organization. Well, I have a Watson um, jersey. I would be more it's excited It's a Texas Watson it. jersey, and it was well before the allegations. Mm. Well, that's when he was a rapist, though, when he was for the Texans. Once he's on the Browns, that's when he's cleared of all charges. So you can't wear your Texans one, but you could wear a Browns one. Oh, this is exhausting. I don't make the rules. No, so I'm that's just fine. But speaking of Deshaun Watson, the ruling uh, is still that it's probably weeks away from his his um, figuring out if he's going to be suspended and for how long. I'm going to say this because I said it in the last episode, and uh, Yeti and I were in a conversation today talking about um betting and lines and i said that i was uh, the panthers excited me week one because the panthers play the browns so i don't know if any of you guys are, are big uh gamblers out there but um yeti looked it up for me today currently it's a minus one and a half it's plus 100 for the stakes on uh, the panthers money line so our a panthers winning by by one and a half so if you're interested they still have the browns winning and i think and i've said this before if if Deshaun Watson is suspended for a length of time, it's Jacoby Brissett, and I really think the Panthers have a shot at winning week one. Uh, gamble responsibly, of course, but I am uh, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm, mm. I'm going to... Well, to and, and you said something in that text message today that I thought was astute, which is 
if you're going to bet on this game, you should do it prior to the ruling coming out mm-hmm. because I think the money line the, the the Vegas will likely change officially once we know for sure that Deshaun Watson will not be playing in this game. Yes. Um, so I think that is a good piece of advice that you provided to me and yet. Yeah, because the the line will change once Watson is officially ruled suspended. So if you're gonna do it, you're in a state that can do it. You have a bookie. All the things that I am not going to go down the rabbit hole of, I would suggest doing it. But once again, gamble responsibly. Um, that is where I my mind is, though. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and on top of all that, um, it's important for us to know, just from a fantasy football perspective, even though the ruling may be officially weeks away for Deshaun Watson, you have to treat it like it has already come down and he's suspended for the year, right? Uh, it, you you can't you can't spend draft capital on Deshaun Watson at this point in time. Yeah, I it, yes, I, I think no matter if it's a redraft or a dynasty league, and it sucks for dynasty owners because you can't drop him. You can't just say, "All right, you know what, this guy isn't worth anything" because he has value when he's on the field. The problem is, you know, you say the same thing about Chris McCaffrey he, when he's on the field. That's his biggest problem right now. If he can get on the field. Talented, you know, talent-wise, he's he's a top five, top top ten quarterback guy. But we also haven't seen him play in a while. That's alarming. And there is a, sp- a suspension that I feel is coming. I don't think it's going to be a full year suspension, um, but I feel like there is going to be some sort of suspension involved, and that is going to drastically change what happens with him and his ADP. So yes, I agree. Yeah. So if you're a brainiac who owns a rain stick, it might be worth going outside and shaking <laughs> that thing around and saying some prayers for. Uh, both Christian McCaffrey's, um, you know, tendons and joints, and also Deshaun Watson's ability to stay off a massage table. And if we're able to, we're able to pull those things off, we might have a more exciting fantasy season. Yes. But now on to our last piece of news, which I would argue might be the most important headline that we've seen since we've begun the podcast. And we've been what forty some episodes. Yeah, we've been doing this for a while yeah. now, and this is the best headline I've seen, which is Le'Veon Bell has decided he will not play football this year because he wants to focus on boxing for some reason. Oh, I know why. Which is interesting. Because his career's done. His NFL career's done, so you got to move to the next thing. And his name still carries some relevance. He's going to be boxing, uh, I, I believe it's Adrian Peterson, um, which makes sense, right? You think about it. Adrian Peterson has had some uh, some experience beating things, um, so it makes sense that Adrian Peterson would also move into the fighting realm because, uh, he's done it before. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, th- I kind of hope Le'Veon Bell goes into the boxing match and, you know, makes a declaration that this fight is for his son and, or for Adrian Peterson's son. And just beats getting shit back out of his Adrian? dad for all the, all the switches. Um, I don't know. Events. I don't know what to think about this. This just does not seem interesting at all to me. I kind of want to um, watch. And it's it. well, it seems like if you're going to do this, it depends on the it depends on the context. Because if they're going to do this as like a charity boxing event where they raise money for something because it's just a spectacle and it's cool, then cool. I'm in. I'm all in for that. But if they're going in saying like Le'Veon Bell's like I want to start a boxing career. It's just very strange to me. It seems like a reach. Yeah, but it's just it's a media grab, just like Tim Tebow. Except I have more respect wow, Tim, for Le'Veon Bell. Tim because Tebow's an angel. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow thinks he's an angel. He's not. He is no, an he's angel. Not. I hate Tim Tebow. 
at least Le'Veon Bell's Ooh. like, I want to, oh, you know, either. you're gonna light the fire in me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, we're done with this. We're moving on. Let's talk about some rookies in redraft leagues. It's time. I figured that'd be a good drop when we were just talking about fighting and stuff like that, and so it kind of made sense. All I know is that. Yeah, it did make sense. That's true. That was good broadcasting. Nice. It's, it kind of negates your good broadcasting when you talk about it, though, is the, the bad thing. So Damn. just learn from the All mistake. Right. And, and Well, I, I had some also, food, and then I... What? Go ahead. I was just going to say we shouldn't have been drinking so much whiskey because I'm already starting to feel tipsy. That's okay. And also, we we chugged a hard Mountain Dew. Yeah. Baja Blast ones aren't... Which was aren't, weird. Yeah. I bought them. They were at the gas station. This girl had some in her hand, and I saw some on a commercial, and I was like, yo, do they have any more of these? And she's like, there's one case left in the back. So I went and grabbed it. So I figured I'd try it out. Doesn't taste very alcoholic, which is kind of scary. Yeah, I don't don't really know how I feel about it. As I described to you, I don't think I would buy them for myself. If if they were there, there, I won't decline them. It's, It's better than some other drinks, I think. You don't really taste the alcohol, so... All right. Well, let's move on to these rookies. So, it, very obviously, there's only so many rookies that were in this draft that have offensive relevance, but I want to talk about them in a redraft league format. Okay. Some of them are not going to be of a surprise to you. Some of them you're probably going to be like, dude, when the hell's he not on your list? Which is understandable. But I'm going to go over these guys. There's, there's people that I am kind of interested in owning, and I will kind of delve into the reasons why. So the first person that is on the list, that is on everybody's list, is Brees Hall. I mean, very obviously, he is—he um, was the first running back off the board in the in the draft this year. He went to the Jets, um, and his ADP in a redraft league is pretty high right now. I like Brees Hall, but I—the I, I, beat reporters for the Jets had said, you know, um, Brees Hall is going to be the starting running back. He's going to be um, the the lead back. However. Michael Carter is still going to be involved. Now, whether that is true or not, I uh, time shall tell. Um, but Michael Carter is young as well. So I, I I had to throw Brees Hall on here solely because if he is as good as everybody says that he is and he can take it to the next level in the NFL, then he's certainly worth owning. But I, I have a slight qualm with him just because Michael Carter was slated to be the guy this last year. And, and he was a great asset to own going into th- this upcoming year before the draft, because he was going to be the bell cow. Now Brees Hall has come in. How are they going to split carries? Is it going to be a 50-50 split? Is it going to be, you know, is Michael Carter going to be a third down back? What is going to happen there? Um, I'm unsure, but Brees Hall is definitely somebody I still want to own. Uh, Where his current ADP is, I got to pull this up, because that is going to determine a lot, to be completely honest. Um, Hold on here. Sorry, I should have. This is bad broadcasting. Um... Sorry about that, Scotty. Yeah, you Brees suck. Hall's ADP is 41. I agree. So I don't know if I'd necessarily... Uh, I just don't know. I mean, if the speculation is correct, but there are other people like Antonio Gibson. I'd rather own Brees Hall than, than Antonio Gibson, for sure, and Antonio Gibson's before him. David Montgomery is before him. Um, Cam Akers. I'd take David Montgomery over would him. Would you? And Cam okay. Akers over Brees so Hall. So would I. Uh, would you take Antonio Gibson over him? 
that one's kind of up in the air. I don't know. I honestly think you might have poisoned me on Antonio Gibson over our, <laughs> the course of our time doing the podcast. But I, I do think I agree with the criticisms that you make. Uh, the ultimate problem with Brees Hall is just it's still an unknown. Yeah. Uh, not only is his uh, you know his ability as an NFL player unknown, obviously, uh, but his his situation is unknown because, like you said. I owned Michael Carter last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he did great. He was a reliable asset, both in terms of NFL football and also in terms of a fantasy option. Um, and I thought for sure he was going to be a great option going into this upcoming year up until they drafted Brees sure. Hall. So I think that there's a good chance this is going to be a committee. Um, and Brees Hall at 41, no, I don't hate it, but there are some people right around there that I might rather yeah. have over the uncertainty of this rookie. Yeah. Um, the next player that I want to talk about that I'm actually pretty excited about, and if Yeti was here, I think he would, um, he would pop a boner for this guy is Drake London, right? Um, Drake London, I I am probably not as high on as Yeti is for certain, but I have to mention him because no part of, of, uh, the Falcons excites me at all. I don't. I, I am not interested in owning Kyle Pitts. I'm not interested in owning Cordero Patterson, and I'm not really interested in owning Drake London. But where his current ADP is, I would take a risk on him. His ADP right now is 77th overall. And understand that for the ADP that I'm using, uh, this is a 10-team PPR format um, on sleeper. That's not a terrible ADP for a guy because here's the thing: the Falcons are not going to be good. They're not a good football team this year. Matt Ryan's gone. Russell Gage is gone. Calvin Ridley's gone. They don't have a lot right now. They Somebody's going to have to play football on that damn team. And Drake London, from what the beat reporters say, is the most complete wide receiver the league has seen in a long time. They compare him to some of the greats. Whether he actually does or does not, time will tell. But for a, a late seventh-round pick... I don't hate that. I would definitely take a risk on Drake London because somebody for the Falcons has to do something. Well, and here's the ultimate advice. This is a Scotty's hot take type moment. If you are in anything but a win-now mode, reach for Drake This is a redraft, though. Because, oh, we are doing redraft. Okay, yes, 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 okay. Well, I'm going to put that redraft aside because I think this is an important point for the people who are playing Dynasty right now. Um, Reach for... Reach for London. And the reason is everybody and their mother knows that Marcus Mariota is not the long-term option. They are going to figure out their offensive situation. Drake London, by all accounts, seems to be a complete asset. And you want to be able to stick with him as he ages in his career and as he finds himself in a better situation. I think that that's a good move. As far as redraft is concerned, I am almost not at all interested. The only reason that I am is because... I'd rather at that late in the game. I don't think I, I think I'd be willing to take the risk. I mean, the people who are around him are Juju, Kareem Hunt. Ironically enough, Rashad Bateman's actually falls after him, and I think I'd, I'd rather have Bateman over him at this moment. But um, yeah, one hundred and ten percent, I'd take Bateman, and I might even take Juju, um, just because I think. I don't know. The upside with Juju is just so much But he's going to be the, the wide the wide And look, I get it. I know I've said it before. You have to consider the quarterback play. But at the seventh round, your team is almost complete at that point, right? For starters-wise. Right. Well, that's that's the thing, though, is that we're, we're talking on a redraft league. 
and you're going upside versus floor. Um, there's no doubt that Drake London, assuming everyone stays healthy, of course, there's no doubt that Drake London has the better floor. But I think that Juju has the higher upside. I really do. I think if he breaks out as a wide receiver one or two in the be- one of the best offenses in the league, um, the upside is just is just better. There's only so much that Drake London can do in the offense with the quarterback situation as it is. Yeah, I uh, I had to put him on the list. I while I I tend to probably agree with you, depending upon where he's at, because I think some people are going to pass him up, and he will continue to fall. Somebody has to be the wide receiver for that team, and at this moment, it's him. So, worth noting, um, I tend to agree with you, but this next person, I am a little high on. Probably more so than most people. And maybe it's maybe it's due to my previous allegiance. Maybe it's not. Oh. I always knew you were a Texans fan. I, I, I used to be. I'm not anymore. I moved on. However, it will always hold a, a certain place in my heart. Um, Damian Pierce, running back for the Texans. I think this is a sneaky play, Scotty. I think if you're looking for a late, late round running back, I think he could look, I'm not saying you start him as your as your RB2. I'm not saying put him in the flex, but I'm saying if you're looking for kind of a late round guy that is a running back that you could grab that may end up becoming a starter rather quickly, he is one of those people. Because Right now, his ADP is 123rd, so he's pretty low on the charts, right? And technically, he's third on the depth chart. It's Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, but neither of those guys are studs. And so he might fight his way up to an opportunity to shine. And while we're on the topic of that, I also want to talk about, um, I mean, there's a couple rookies here that I, I really do like. The other one is Tyler Algier. He's the running back for the Falcons. I don't think Cordero Patterson... Cordero Patterson is a dusty old fart. That is what he is. He's 31 years old. He did well last year, but he started as a receiver. They don't have any receivers. And Tyler Algier is somebody that I think is also a sneaky pick. Because... Do you know who... I can't... I'm not even going to try and say this guy's name. I'm going to butcher it so bad. Olamide Zacharias is... That's the wide receiver three for the Falcons. They don't have anybody. Are you suggesting they're going to move Cordero back to the wide receiver position permanently? There's a a possibility. They went and drafted Tyler Algeier. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think that that's certainly has potential, but I really like your Damian Pierce choice. Um, I think that, of all the running backs um, in this draft, Brees Hall obviously is in a league of his own. But Damian Pierce, that guy can get your get your hair to stand on end because of what you said. Marlon Mack and Sexy Rexy, um, both are fine pieces, but neither of them are RB1s. If this is a team that decides they want to move into a bell cow type running back situation, um, there's one option, and it's Damian Pierce. Um, so I think that that... Uh, this is another thing where in a redraft league, you're taking a risk on it, but it's it's so late in the draft that it doesn't really matter. Uh, but if you find yourself in a dynasty league, this is another very sneaky pick for the future. Yeah, and he's somebody who, you know, uh, with us getting ready to start a dynasty league, I don't like talking about it because I feel like I'm giving away trade secrets. Um, but he's definitely somebody I'm interested in. I, I, 
I reach for. We've we've done enough mock drafts that I think we we realize what we yeah, think at this that's point. True. Um, I, I like him though. I like him, and and um, I think he's somebody that could end up evolving and having a bigger role in that offense uh, before even the end of the year. So, um, following that, Jamison Williams, wide receiver for the Lions, his ADP is currently 120, and he is coming off injury, so I understand that. But he could do something. He at Alabama, he did a lot. In the wide receiver, the the line. I mean, they're they're my pick. We talked about it. I think if they make it to the playoffs, I'm shaving my head. Um, the Lions are kind of sneaky. I'm not a big fan of Carson or Jared Goff, but um, right now their wide receiver one is Amon Ross St. Brown, and he had a great end of year last year. Will he be able to sustain that high level as a wide receiver one? They went and they got DJ Shark which I like because they needed help at wide receiver. And then they have Jamison Williams here. So he could end up being an impact player rather early on once he gets on the field. Um, where his ADP is at, you're not reaching for him. It's a 12th round grab. But I'm kind of excited. I really, truly am. I think that he is somebody that, that could have some impact on a team that needs wide receivers. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, I was just going to say that's a nice segue into your it next is. piece, uh, which I really also hardcore agree with. I've picked him up in several mock drafts for this reason. Yeah, long. and that person is Traylon Burks. Um, Traylon Burks is it. It's astounding to me what you know. Some people are not very high on him, and I get it. Yeah, there's there's some arguments to be made. He um, he's having a tough time getting through training because he's obese or he's tired or whatever the hell his problem is. But right now his ADP is 80, 80th. But what did they? What did the Titans do to obtain him? They traded away an elite top-tier wide receiver in A.J. Brown. They gave away one of their best assets as a wide receiver in order to go chase this guy. That tells me that they're interested in they're very interested in him being an immediate impact player on that team pending him getting in shape. So, I like Traylon Burks. I and there is some murky there's some murky water, I'm not going to lie to you. They went and they got Malik Willis um at quarterback. So, how long is Ryan Tannehill going to be in town? You know, is Ryan did they just get that as a as a security piece, or are they looking towards the future? So something to note, but regardless, Traylon Burks obviously spoke something to the Titans and made them want to get rid of their best player to replace their best player with this guy. So, Yeah, and that's the thing, too. When you're talking about rookies, there's only so much speculation that can be accurately made when you're comparing the skill level of a player in college to the NFL mm-hmm. level. Um, it's, it's very difficult to make that assessment um, outside of the you know top, top, top tier. So the next step is looking at situation and looking at the way the organization treats the player. Um, and Traylon Burks tops the charts in that regard. These, this organization went out of their way to acquire him. Um, and assuming that's not a Browns and Joku situation, you are going to get some use out of him, hopefully right away. But honestly, the next wide receiver on your list, I think I like even more because of the situation. 
The next wide receiver on the list is Christian Watson, wide receiver for the Packers. You really are you you're that interested in Watson in this? Um, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, and he has no one to throw the ball to. Well, currently, I am hi- I, I am high on Christian Watson, and I am high on Alan Lazard this upcoming year because of that reason alone. Now, when I say high, it's relative. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going. Well, crazy did you see Aaron Rodgers' guys, new tattoo? But, he was probably also high when he got that. Oh, I did not see a new tattoo, but I like I like how he's kind of a wild dude, card. That, that makes dude, me like him even more. He has done some drugs. When he was dating, what is her name? Shailene Woodley or whatever the hell her name is, she changed him. Go look at his tattoo. It's like the sun and the moon and some freaking Illuminati shit. Number, it's it's crazy. So give it a look. But I like Christian Watson um, because the depth at that wide receiver uh, core for the Packers is is very sad. They have Alan Lazard, as you mentioned. They have Sammy Watkins, who has not played a healthy NFL season, bare minimum last two years, but I think it's been longer than that. Um, and then Randall Cobb. Like their wide receiver group is is not great. They went and got Christian Watson very early in the draft, number 34. So it was the beginning of the second round. They went and got this guy. They need help at the wide receiver level. He's a big dude, too. He's 6'5", 200 pounds. So he's not a small person. He is somebody who I think is going to uh, to eat well and, and be a, a huge use for the, the organization of the Packers. Um, and his ADP is not great. His ADP is currently sitting at 107. So um, that's like a middle of the 10th round. That's not a bad place to grab a guy who's going to be a wide receiver for Aaron Who's Rodgers. going around him? Um, let me pull it up here. So people who are going around him are as follows. Um, Christian Kirk, who's a wide receiver one, but that's the Jaguars. See, I think, I, yeah, I'd, I'd take Christian I th- Kirk I think over I would him too. because he's Michael a wide Carter? Receiver. Yeah, I've, yeah, I don't know. That's it's a It's a committee... Sky Moore. I like the upside of Sky Moore, but there's a lot more competition in that offense. And you're talking about two elite quarterbacks competing sure. against one another. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes is still on the upswing of his career, whereas Aaron Rodgers seems to be kind of on the downswing. But I think I'm I think I would take Christian Robert Watson Woods. over Sky Moore. Hmm. I think I'd take Robert I think Woods. I, w- I wouldn't. I, uh, I'm not really interested in Robert Woods, to be honest with you. Um, but there, there are players around there, and I think he's he's probably appropriately valued at his ADP, but he could be a smash play because he's playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks. So you heard it here first, Aaron Davis. I do think Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks, but I think fantasy football value-wise, I'm, st- I'm still agreeing with Scotty on Jalen Hurts. Um. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I enjoy the feuding that goes on on the Twitter page. Uh, there's actually two people that I want to talk about real quick. So, um, actually, you know what? Yeah, there's two. One of them is Isaiah Spiller. Um, and I, I didn't put him on the list here, but I, he, you, you have to mention him as, um, as a handcuff. So he's a really late round. I mean, he's going almost 12th round, but he's an RB2. For Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, there's a lot of health concerns with Austin Eckler. He missed a couple games last year. Joshua Kelly was the guy. Joshua Kelly filled in well. But if you're looking for a late-round handcuff, Isaiah Spiller is the guy to get. 
I'm excited for Isaiah Spiller. Um, and he's somebody that it, it, that late in the game, I'm definitely targeting. He's going to be on an explosive offense. If Austin Eckler gets hurt, we don't root for injuries here, but uh, I do have concerns with that. So you have to note that. And I think he's a great handcuff to get that late in the game that could very well be a uh, win on the field in RB1 for you. So wanted to mention him really quickly. And then the last person on my, li- my list is James Cook. James Cook is, uh, his ADP right now is at 100, and he is currently slated as the RB2, while Devin Singletary is the RB1. But I see Cook taking over that role. I really do. I don't see Devin Singletary being the starter all year. I think James Cook is going to come in and eventually uh, maybe rather quickly take over for him and become the bell cow in that offense. And if he can do what his brother has done, watch out. Because the Bills are already scary. And and with the addition of him, I'm excited for him. Where's ADP's at? I think he is a uh, a very sneaky late-round pick that will turn into an RB1. Um maybe a couple weeks into the season. So I wanted to mention him as well for the redraft format. I like it. The thing about these picks that I like a lot is that it's not really high, high yes. risk. I mean, you're, you're, you're making a lot of speculation, but what are you giving up to speculate? Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I, I personally, and I've said this before, I subscribe to the theory that when you're playing fantasy football, you're in it to win it. So take the risks, go for it, send it. And so I'm a big fan of going after these late round guys, especially the handcuffs, especially the guys uh, like Christian Watson, who just look like they have an opportunity to break through. Um, And so I'm a big fan. I couldn't agree more. And uh, that's it for the redraft rookie talk. Let's move on to the questions. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right, first question comes from Jackson Beckham, who has made a blockbuster trade. He sent away Romeo Dubs and Dearness Johnson for Tyler Aljair. What are your thoughts, Slap? I like this trade, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I said it a little bit earlier. Romeo Dubs, he's a rookie wide receiver for the Packers. They got him kind of late. I don't see him being a huge impact player. Um, and Dearness Johnson is the third string for the Browns, which... He was good. He was actually, I mean, he was good last year, but um, that was when both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were hurt. And we don't root for injuries here, and it could happen again, but I'm skeptical that he is going to see a shit ton of playing time this year. Tyler Aljair is somebody who I think can end up being the starter for the Falcons. And it is the Falcons, right? So it's not a good team, but a starter is a starter in a running back role in which they need help everywhere. I like that trade, man. I uh, I own Tyler Aljair in one of my dynasty leagues, um, and I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic because I think that there is a possibility that he sees the field sooner rather than later. So I congratulations to you. I like that trade. You will hear no qualms from me on that, Mr. Beckman, Beckham. Jay Becky, got to love him. He is, of course, a return listener, so thank you again, Jackson, for your continued support. We have another return listener coming up here, Individual Ice Matty 2, who asks, he's in a PPR, one quarterback league. Are you taking AJB and Cortland Sutton or Terry Thieland in a 2022, excuse me, 2024 first? I'm going to take AJ Brown and Sutton on this one, personally. Um, AJ Brown, I while I it, maybe... 
he doesn't leave. Okay. And if he doesn't leave, then, or I mean, he's, he's left, but maybe it doesn't affect him as much as everybody kind of thinks. Maybe Jalen Hurts takes the next step. I think there's a lot of optimism that he will take the next step. Um, but regardless, A.J. Brown is a, a very, very talented wide receiver. Cortland Sutton, great wide receiver. Got an, uh, an upgrade at quarterback. I am excited for the uh, the Broncos this year, and I want a piece of that offense. And I, while I I am a believer in the Jerry Judy train, Russell Wilson has been able to support multiple receivers at a high level, so I'm excited for that. Adam Thielen, I do like Adam Thielen. I really do. But this is a dynasty league. And I, I am fearful that Adam Thielen will not be playing a whole hell of a lot longer. I own him in a league. I don't really want to sell him because he's not worth anything. In, in the league that I'm in, nobody, nobody is interested in touching him, which I understand because he's old. He is coming off of injury. Those are problems. I get that. And he might have a good year this year, but he also might get injured again and just be done. 2024 first is nice. But then there's Scary Terry. And I love Scary Terry. But what I don't love is that he's going from Taylor Heineke to Carson Wentz, and that is an upgrade, and I really, truly do hope that Scary Terry has a better year this year than he did last year. But I just think there's too much upside on the other side, so I'm going to A.J. Brown and Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I could see either side of this one, honestly. I, I think there is upside for Scary Terry in a dynasty league because you can't imagine that this is going to be the permanent situation that he'll find himself in forever. Um, but I, you're right. I do like the upside just of Cortland Sutton. That Broncos offense is super exciting. Well, the, the other guys are younger, yeah. too. They're both younger than everybody else. Well, Scary Terry's not that. I think he's well, 25. That's not a, I think he's 26. Even oh. still. I mean, he's relatively young for a wide receiver. You're, you're talking about you have another six, seven years of productivity out of him. Um you know, before he becomes, yeah, yeah, before he becomes obsolete. So maybe, maybe four or five years uh, to play it on the safe side, but sure. relatively young. I think he's going to see some better seasons ahead. I, I like the light at the end of the tunnel for scary Terry, hopefully, because he's a great talent. He's just been in a, in a cesspool of an offense for his entire career. Yeah. Our next question come. Oh, sorry. Um, go no, right. go ahead. Go ahead. Next sorry. question comes from Lalder 95. They're in a 12-team Superflex PPR Dynasty League. Are you taking Zach Wilson, T-Law, and Jelani Woods, or a 2023 early first, a 2023, and two 2024 early first? I believe more in Zach Wilson than I do Trevor Lawrence. Jelani Woods, tight end for the Colts. I think I'm going to go with the picks. I think I'm going to go with the picks because I, I I don't like Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, the MILF buster, I am I like him as a fantasy football asset, but I I uh, there's just a lot of value on the other side, so I think I, I'm going to take the other side. Yeah, that's – I think I would agree. I'm not overly excited about anyone involved, so I think the picks the picks offer a lot more upside for sure. Um, okay, next question sure. comes from Rubbish Rob. He is in a Superflex startup. Who do you prefer, Tua or Zach Wilson? Oh, Rob. Give me Tua, baby. I uh, I do like Zach Wilson this upcoming year. I, I will say, I'm ex- I almost said I was excited for the Jets this year, and that is just 
We, we would have had to turn really off the podcast and, right there and ban everyone. Yeah, the show, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a Jets fan. I'm not. But I, I like Zach Wilson this year. But I really like Tua this year. Give me Tua. Yeah, definitely agree. The upside is just too much. I think Tua is going to be the most improved quarterback coming back this year. Um, and he's got a lot of new weapons. Let's just see if he can throw the ball more yeah. than seven yards. We'll find out. Um, yeah. The final question comes from Dynasty Bastard. It's not the final question. It's just the final question on that page. So don't fret. We're not done yet. <laughs> uh, Dynasty Bastard asks, what is the best duo for a PPR contender? Josh Jacobs and Robert Woods, Derrick Henry and Jacoby Myers, or James Conner and Russell Gage? Sorry for my dogs mouth-fucking each other in the background. Yeah, they're going to war. I hear them upstairs. Um, for me, for a contender, it's James Conner and Russell Woods, or Russell Gage for me. Um, and here's why. Because a lot of people, I think Josh Jacobs and Robert Woods are pretty easy to write off as not a contender, given the group of the three. But then you think Derrick Henry, and you're like, holy shit, you're going to give up Derrick Henry and, and for those two and Jacoby Myers? I just think there's so much upside with both James Conner and Russell Gage. James Conner is going to be the workhorse for the Cardinals. He proved himself last year. Chase Edmonds got hurt, and Chase Edmonds never came back. James Conner was doing things as a running back that some receivers can't even do. He was making one-handed snags down the sideline. He was great. He was a, uh, a bell cow for them on the goal line. I love James Conner this upcoming year, and I also love Russell Gage. Chris Godwin is not going to be back for, you know, the beat writers are saying, oh, he's slated to be back for, for camp. He's not. He's not going to be back. He's going to take a couple weeks off to get fully healed, ready to go. Russell Gage, they like him. They obviously saw something in him. He is Antonio Brown's replacement, and while that's he's not that high caliber of an athlete, that's the way he's going to be used. I'm excited for Russell Gage, and where his ADP is at is, is incredible. So um, give me James Conner and Russell Gage on this one because while I do love Derrick Henry, I don't like Jacoby Myers that much. So... Um, I, I think you get more value between the both the players with James Conner and Russell Gage. What if I framed it this way? I could tell you that there is one player, one running back in the NFL who was, while on the field, as efficient as the number one running back on depth charts right now, and it is Derrick Henry. While on the field, he was as efficient as Jonathan Taylor. And that's fine. That's fine. And I get that. But, oh, um, but there's, I mean, he's got to be on the field. He's got to be on the field. And I am, I, I'm not out on Derrick Henry by any stretch of the means. I'm really not because I like Derrick Henry a lot. But I don't like Jacoby Myers. And that's part of the problem here is I really like Russell Gage and I really like James Conner. And while, if you put James Conner head-to-head against Derrick Henry, it's a no-brainer. It's Derrick Henry. But if you put Russell Gage against Jacoby Myers, I'm taking Russell Gage every single time. And so you you have to look at the, the value of, of both positions in this. And for me, it's James Conner and Russell Gage. Now, if you were to just put the two running backs head-to-head, yeah, obviously it's going to be Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think the upside with Derrick Henry is pretty significant. But the question again is, you know, even speaking just in drafting terms, what 
what level of draft capital are you willing to use on somebody that you're not confident is going to play for five or six? And games this is for a season? contending team. So I guess I guess the next thing I would need to know, Mr. Bastard, is what is the rest of your makeup like? Do you have really good wide receivers? And Rus- will Russell Gage be a bench warmer for you? Because if that's the case, maybe go and grab Derrick Henry. But if you need to use both of the players, that's where I see more value in getting Russell Gage, who, as we've said before, Tom Brady throws over 40 passes on average a game. So he's going to be throwing. Tom Brady doesn't rush the ball. He throws. He checks down. He reads the defense. And Russell Gage is going to benefit from that. And James Conner was hyper-targeted by Kyler Murray once DeAndre Hopkins went out. So between the both of them, in a PPR format, James Conner catches the damn ball. Not to say Derrick Henry doesn't, but I just think there's a lot of value there personally. Yeah, no, I think that last point that you made was key. It depends on how you're going to use them. Are you going to use both players or are you just looking for one primary player and then a bench addition? Because if you're looking for one primary player, Derrick Henry is probably Derrick Henry, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, next question comes from something. He is in a 12-team Dynasty Superflex League. Would you make this trade, Slapdog? He needs a tight end, and he has Terry and Chubb on his bench. <laughs> Bless you, my friend. Thank you. All right, would you make this trade? Terry McLaurin and Nick Chubb or Mark Andrews and Rashad Penny? Um, oh, geez. Uh, yeah. If they're both on your bench, I mean, I don't know how Nick Chubb is on your bench. I understand how t- Scary Terry's on your bench because I did the same damn thing last year, but... Nick Chubb is, I mean, he had some health issues and was on off the field, but it's freaking Nick Chubb, man. Like, he is a top-tier elite running back. What else do you have at running back that you are using so you don't have to use Nick Chubb? That's my question. And if you really feel like you don't need Nick Chubb, um, then, yeah, I would do this on a heartbeat because if you're in need of a tight end and you – tight end is such a difficult position for fantasy football. When you have a top-tier tight end, you have a positional advantage because Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, those are two guys that are going to finish in the top three because they are good, talented tight ends who put up insane amount of numbers in a position in which most of the time those tight ends do not put up those numbers. So you have a positional advantage there. And I love Mark Andrews. I really do. Rashad Penny... I also like, I'm afraid of Rashad Penny because I'm afraid that he's going to get injured. Um, And then Kenneth Walker, it's going to be the Kenneth Walker show. So that is my only qualms with Rashad Penny. I hope that doesn't happen, but he has not played a healthy game in the NFL in a very long time. So I have my concerns, but if you're not going to use scary Terry and you're not going to use Nick Chubb, get Mark Andrews. And maybe maybe rephrase this. If you could get rid of Scary Terry and something else and keep Nick Chubb and get Mark Andrews, I wouldn't I would do that. Rashad Penny is somebody who I own Rashad Penny in the 92 League. So when I say this, I don't want to sell Rashad Penny because most people are not gonna buy him. And it sounds like you might be, but he could he's a huge potential guy for a running back but he's also he's he's kind of scary too so i would maybe try and flip the trade to just get mark andrews leave rashad penny out of it and take some of your value away but if you had to do it i suppose if you're not going to use them anyway i probably would yeah definitely now you'd go from in need of a tight end to completely and totally set at tight end that's a big swing and on top of that 
I think that there is, I love Rashad Penny. I think he's a great talent, but if he can't stay on the field, you're right. The Kenneth Walker show will ensue. And he's actually someone that as, as, uh, he's a rookie this upcoming year. So as, as speaking of rookies, Kenneth Walker is also right up there on the list because of the injury potential there in that offense. And I think he will fulfill that role very well. So I I think I'm all on board with this trade, Uh, but getting Mark Andrews, you know, Nick Chubb is tough to give away, but if you need a tight end, Mark Andrews is going to give you that boost that you'll need uh, to, to win that league, I think. And yeah. I'm going to move on to our final question because I'm about to pee myself. This oh, comes wow. from Black Mage Chow. He is, or he has the 108, and he imagines that he'll end up picking between Lamar or Kyler. Who would you take and why? First off, I'd like to state that I don't think either of those guys, if this is a super flex league, which I'm assuming it would, it is if if uh, you're having this conversation at the 108, I don't know if either of those guys are going to make it to you. I really don't. I I would be, uh, to be honest with you, I'd be surprised if they did. Because Well, let's, let's put this in perspective. It depends on how many people you have in your league. Um, because it's, but it's the eighth round. So it all, I mean, like, it's the eighth overall pick. You have right, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you also have Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, people that, that they they will go earlier on, especially if you have fewer people in the league. I guess it, you know, it for depends exa- on where for other example, value. For example, in our mock drafts, you know, we're, we're doing a 10-person league and we're running mock drafts every single day. I would say 80% of those mock drafts, I end up with either Kyler or Lamar. And yeah. I'm the ninth pick. And I understand that, but there's also some of that's partially auto draft and you get real people in there. And I think that that might change. Um, I don't know if either of those land to you, but if one of them does, and we're going to say hypothetically, they're both sitting there at the 108. I am taking Kyler because while Lamar Jackson got 15 more pounds on his titties, I, I still have some concerns with Lamar. Do I think he's a great quarterback? Yes. But I like Kyler more for the simple fact that I think Kyler has a better arm than Lamar does. And that's that's the case in point. They're both great runners. They can both scramble. They can both make plays down the field with their legs, and I love that. But I think Kyler has a better arm than Lamar at this moment, and that is why I'm taking Kyler. I think it's a toss-up. Uh, I'd also, be happy with yeah. I'd be happy ahead. with either of them. I think the most likely scenario for you at the 108 is that you're going to end up without a choice. You're going to have one of them on the board and not the other. Um, so I don't really think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a decision for you because if it's very unlikely to me that they'll both be on the board. I think that one of them probably will be. Um, so you'll probably just end up choosing by default. But I'd be happy with either of them. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's anything to stress over. I also I think Kyler's set up for success more at this moment than Lamar. And that's another reason I'm taking Kyler is while Hopkins is out for the first six weeks, he still has Hopkins there as an elite wide receiver. They went and got Hollywood, who they took from Lamar. Um, they have A.J. Green. They have uh, Rondale Moore, James Conner. They Zach Ertz. They went and got another rookie tight end this year. I think offensively, Kyler's just set up in a better position at this moment. Lamar, they got rid of, of Hollywood. And they didn't really do much to replace him. Yeah, they've they've got Mark Andrews, and that's exciting is a Mark Andrews owner, but what do they have at wide receiver? They have Rashad Bateman, right? So, well, I, and you also have to mention though, assuming this is a, a dynasty league with the off season antics of Kyler, is he going to be in that position for long? Is he, is he going to end up being put in a completely new situation that, you know, may diminish the impact that is the players around him have. 
I don't. I think they're gonna sign him. I really do. I think that the the it's 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 more for show than anything else. Perhaps I I, I just it, Kylo's gonna be there. They in what really solidified it for me is the fact that they went and got Hollywood Brown. That told me right then and there that they're invested in Kyler. They just haven't given him a deal yet. Because why in the hell would they go and spend as much capital as they did on Kyler Murray's guy? if they weren't going to do what they could to keep him around. So that kind of showed their hand in my opinion that I think that he will be around for a while. Yeah. I don't hate it either way, honestly. And I, I really don't think you're going to have a choice. So pick, pick what, whoever's best on the board. My guess is it'll be Lamar. I think Kyler's been going a little bit earlier uh, as far as I've seen, uh, but either way, be happy. You got, you're in a good spot. Yeah. So, all right, that's all the time we have. Scotty's about to piss his pants. We appreciate you guys tuning in. If you've made it to the end of the episode, Congratulations. You're a Brainiac. Welcome aboard. Go give us a follow on Twitter, at Leatherbrains. We have a good community over there of other Brainiacs. It's a good time. And uh, I think within the coming weeks, we may be doing another uh, couple jersey giveaways. So um, go uh, go follow us over there so you can be ahead of the bell cow and, uh, and maybe get yourself a free signed jersey. So, um, And last but not least, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, tell your friends. Share it. It, nothing means more to us than getting more Brainiacs involved, getting more questions. So um, we would greatly appreciate you guys doing that. And uh, that's about it. So we are...